1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Two, one,
0: boom, and we are here. Andrew Combo Salop from Combo's Court. You have myself, Max Van Auken from the MVP podcast, both with brand new logos, but we're here to tell you why you need to believe in magic. Combo, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, man. We want all the smoke, man.
0: That's all I'm saying. Ooh, you calling out Steven Jackson out the gate, or uh, that was just
1: a... I'm not saying any names. Okay. I'm just saying.
0: Okay. Just checking. Just checking. So how's life, Combo? How are you?
1: Nah, I'm just I'm just messing with you, Max. Um, you know, everything's good, man. Uh, you know, podcasting, working out, baby Combo first and foremost. Right. Everything is great, man.
0: Right. That's fantastic. You're a family man, Combo. The number one title of them all is not an NBA championship, it's the father title. It's true. And uh, coming from a father, Combo, let me ask you this. I asked B. Wood this on my Instagram Live because I heard Kendrick Perkins talk about it. I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting take. So LeBron James, um, I don't know if you saw, um, it was on Uninterrupted. They interviewed him and his um, wife, Savannah, and they talked about Bronny and what they want from Bronny. Um, and Bron- mm-hmm. and Savannah was like, you know what? I just want him to be happy. But LeBron gave a very raw and authentic answer and he was just like I want him to play in the NBA he's like I want to play I want to be on the same court with him one day now whether they're on the same team or not just being on the same court we've never seen that that would give credit to obviously LeBron's longevity but also to credit Bronny for living up to expectations and making the NBA two hard things let alone Um, but Perkins said something and he was like that would be that would be greater than any accomplishment in Bron's career so let me ask you coming from a father's perspective. Would you say LeBron would value that more than any ring, more than any MVP, many more than any accolade? Would that be the number one thing to say? I played on the same court with my son on the in the NBA court.
1: Yeah, I think so. Wow, I think you'll understand that more when when you become a father, Max. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, now I think it's very. Realistic. I mean, that'd be
1: like. I definitely like. I think for me, if I was playing on the same NBA court as my son, I would cherish that more than an NBA championship in person.
0: Really? I mean, I understand. Yeah. Well, obviously, I don't understand it because I'm not a father, but, I mean, I understand how that can.
1: That's just First of inc- all, it's never been done before. So. Never? People won championships before.
0: And I don't think it ever would be replicated. Like, can you see somebody else playing this long? I mean, maybe someone will play this long, but to be this good this long, I don't think we'll ever see again.
1: Well, Kareem was up there.
0: He um, wasn't averaging 29 points per game in year 19, though. He was more around
1: 21, he was, 22. Though, but he was, having some flash. he was having some flashes, like, in the playoffs and finals. He was dominant at points, like, late in late, late 30s, even though he wasn't as consistent as LeBron. And uh, he had a tremendous long career. And he's, like, in that top three mix with him, Jordan, and LeBron, you know? Yeah. He's, like, the one guy you could throw in that mix with them.
0: Yep. And, I mean, a lot of people like to mention the late, great Kobe Bryant or Magic Johnson. Now, Kobe's an interesting one. that's true. Because Kobe, some people refer to him, there's no way you can't, like, a lot of NBA players will say there's no way you can't put him in a top three. But then when you look at a lot of the, uh, like, analysts or people that just, like, create these lists, I mean, you and I create these lists, a lot of the times Kobe's not maybe even in the top five. But I feel like Kareem, Jordan, and Braun should unanimously be your top three.
1: Who should be the top Kareem, LeBron, MJ, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously you can argue between that. Yeah, no, that's my my
1: top three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of people... Not
1: not in that order, necessarily.
0: No, I'll tell you right now. It's LeBron, Jordan, Kareem is my
1: order. So tough between LeBron and Jordan with I would agree with you. I'm not mad at it. Uh, I'm really not mad at anybody saying Jordan or LeBron, but here's how I would put it. Michael Jordan was greater than LeBron, but LeBron's a better basketball player.
0: Then what are we talking about here? We're talking about the greatest basketball players. You just said he's the greatest basketball player.
1: And I said Michael Jordan was greater, and I think his career was greater so far because of the amount of championships and the finals MVPs in those championships. Right. And the prime but I think just you're saying a basketball player not even comparing to Le- to Michael Jordan necessarily I just think LeBron is the best basketball player ever
0: I love it I love it combo
1: I know some people might find it confusing and that would be a whole other podcast me explaining it. But,
0: right I mean you know, that's my thoughts we will dive into the magic I know you and I usually we, we we debate some stuff but anyway yeah so I was just I just wanted to bring that up we talked about the father title so I'm like you know what let me ask combo get his perspective on it but i agree but let's talk about believe in magic let's talk about the orlando magic andrew combo sell so we talked about Franz wagner being in that rookie of the year discussion we've talked about the development of this team finding an identity um cole anthony to me seems like one of the most entertaining players in the league and i know you and i are pretty high on cole anthony as far as the orlando Magic's like core but has that surprised you a little bit by how um Rashad would use the word um, magnetism. It just seems like a lot of people are drawn to Cole Anthony. I saw our guy Dante Marcatelli, he like reposted Cole Anthony taking a picture with the kid. I just feel like um, on the sidelines that he didn't need to do, he's like, he gets it. I just feel like he's a culture builder. He's not even just your best young player. I think he's great at building a culture.
1: Yeah, I think it's somebody that the city of Orlando could embrace. I like You know, he has that New York City mentality. So for those that don't know, growing up in New York City, every player thinks they're basically the best player in the world by the time they're 16. It's just the mentality of New York City growing up in it, I know. And he has that same mentality. I mean, you see it in Lance Stevenson, right? Uh, You see it in a lot of New York City players. They just have that mentality that we're the best. Don't matter. I don't care what you say. Chip on your shoulder. They'll find... Reasons to think that people doubt them, even if they don't, you know. So that's that real New York City mentality, and uh, it's great to see him embraced by Orlando, and I do think he's the face of the franchise. And um, I do actually see some indicators that the Magic are improving, especially on the offensive side. So I think things are going in the right direction in Orlando, even though it's obviously not a winning season.
0: Right. Now, what are some things that you want to see from Orlando? You talked about heading in the right direction. What are some things you like that you take away when you watch this squad play? They're like, you know what? This is something that we could see a lot of success from going forward, do more of this. Is it just getting open out on the floor, up and down? What are some things that you like to see from this offense?
1: Well, I do like that Coach Mosley is enabling his players and giving them a lot of freedom, right? Um, he's not trying to restrict them in any way. And that's a fun way to play for young players. And also, it's a great way to kind of, you know, um, it's a great way to like, keep analysis on these players and see who you want to move forward with. I really like what I see from Wendell Carter Jr. He's showing that he could be like that connecting piece. They used to call it overseas, like the goo guy, the goo four. He could pass in the high post. He could set screens. He can make your star players look better, and he could do all the little things. And Wendell Carter Jr. From the time I saw him play in Summer League, I always, I know I always bring him back to Summer League. He had great feel for the game, and is a great passer. His assist numbers aren't high right now, but I do think he's a guy that can connect the team, and I think he's a guy that they can move forward with. Obviously, they're going to move forward with Franz and Cole, and um, probably Fultz and Isaac as well. So I think he fits them, those guys. He could play that four. Isaac could play the five. And as I said before, I like how Mosley is just giving these guys freedom and letting them play. It's like a read and react type ball.
0: Yeah, and I have to give credit to Mosley too because not only did he take on like his first year grabbing with this new unit, but like you said, not like dealing with these young players, trying to establish an identity, trying to establish a culture, on top of trying to figure out what works for winning. Like that's a tough task to ask, and I feel like a lot of the times, combo NBA coaches have it the like the hardest. Are the roughest because college coaches you can really develop a culture it's your program obviously you're recruiting kids that you want to play for you you have more of like an establishment you have more of a role like when you think of Duke you think of coach K before I know I think of coach K before I even may even think of a player but with the NBA it's like you could be coach of the year we've seen it before and still get fired and so it's like with the rebuilding team on top of establishing a new culture, you're not only trying to develop players, but ultimately you do need to win. Like you do need to show progression. And I feel like coach yeah. Mosley's done a good job on that end.
1: Yeah, I do. I also feel that, and I think he's doing a great job. As I said, he's playing that read and react type offense. He's not restricting anybody, but I do like, I think coaches in that situation should almost embrace the situation because you get a little bit more leeway. You have a little bit more freedom and there's not quite as much pressure. So you should really enjoy that moment while it's there because before you know it, your team might be in the playoffs and then all the pressure comes, and it might not be as fun even though the reward will be better, you know? Right. Yeah,
0: and like I said, I just I think it was a hard position to be in, to take on, especially when you have, like, the fan base that's so used to a cycle of coaches and a cycle of losing. Like, that's a hard thing to embrace, and that's one thing I always give Coach uh, Tom Thibodeau credit for is you can say what you want about him, but he's proven to just revamp cultures immediately. Like, you look, obviously, he was a part of the Boston run, but he was an assistant coach. What he did in Chicago, I know the Timberwolves didn't really work the way you wanted it to, but what he's doing with um, your New York Knicks, like, that's such a hard thing
1: to do. I mean, how many coaches in the league can really do that? You're right. I mean, they always say that there's coaches that can make you better if you're a bad team, and then there's coaches that can bring you over the top. Uh, to a championship, and Tibbs has yet to prove that. But he definitely proved that he could bring in, like, a defensive and tough-minded culture. And obviously there's been a little bit of a regression this year, but I think he's done the most with what he has so far in New York, and I think he's doing a pretty good job. You know, yep, it is tough. And obviously with the COVID uh, protocols going on in the league, this even brings more, you know, obstacles and all kinds of issues when it comes to coaching because – you have a totally new roster. it Feels like almost every other game. So, right. Yeah, it's just a tough year. And um, Coach Mosey's doing a great job, man. I think he really is doing a great job. And they just got to see, as I say every episode, who they want to move forward with. But I think there's some good pieces, and I see some improvement on the offensive side.
0: Um, I have. I know we'll get into the rest of the league, but I want to kind of focus on the Magic. I don't believe. I don't know what the exact date is. We do have the trading deadline coming up. Yeah. Um, Is there, I've heard like the Hawks with Ben Simmons. Of course, the Lakers, you're always going to hear some of the Lakers and Westbrook or just, there's always going to be talks. We don't know. Like I always say everything gets leaked for a reason. Um, It's leverage. There's a why, a what, a where, a how. Things get leaked for a reason. Like the well-run businesses, the New England Patriots, the Warriors, you don't usually hear anything and then all of a sudden it just happens. So typically when things get leaked, it's either one, you're dysfunctional or 2 it's getting leaked for a reason um when it comes to the orlando magic you have a lot of young pieces is there any trade i know i'm putting you on the spot but is there any trade or any one person that you would explore interest for or what the market is like or do you just kind of stay with your young nucleus and develop them
1: i mean if they want to like double down on winning later i guess you could make a trade with ross because there might be some teams that he could help around the league i I think he's a you know he's a little bit older he doesn't really fit the orlando magic timeline but besides that i don't see too much that you would want to trade away right now right honestly there's some you don't have a lot of trade value on the roster like you're going to keep everybody who has trade value so you know you got your main guys that you're not going to trade so it's uh it's tough you know I don't think they're going to see
0: too much movement from that. Uh, the elephant in the room that we've we've kind of talked about the draft a little bit last episode, and obviously we're not going to dive too in depth with like the prospects and whatnot. But something I wanted to pick your brain on as well was I always believe in winning. I don't like tanking. I'm just not. A, I don't. I've never supported tanking, and I understand sometimes if there's like a prodigy out there, and okay, let's just tank to get him. I don't like it. I think it's adds a bad precedent of losing and it's not good for the culture or morale the golden state warriors with the way they were able to get james wiseman to me was a different situation it's a winning franchise with the, that was riddled with injuries i don't think they chose to tank you're developing young players while your stars were injured so i get that type of tanking in a way in a sense um i'm not a fan of tanking so i would never recommend a t- team to tank but when we have such great players coming up in the draft the orlando magic is one of the lower teams in the east You have, obviously, lowest teams in the West. What are your thoughts on tanking? I know we have quite a ways to go, but I'm sure fans are thinking about that or they're looking at, like, a Chet Holmgren. Um, What are your thoughts as far as
1: tanking? I don't think it's right. I mean, when it comes to tanking, I mean, the players aren't trying to lose, so it's not like you're actually trying to lose. Sometimes they just hit players out and stuff like that. I think there's situations where you know you could double down on the future and kind of play your young players and maybe not play your older players as much it's all semantics I think tanking has such like a negative connotation you know but there are situations where you want to like double down on the future and just start with the development of your young talent I would say so you always want to win and you always want to build a winning culture I would 100% agree with that
0: we see eye to eye combo because i got in this debate the other day with a couple people and i I feel like once you reach a certain point of the season then you can kind of understand what your agenda is you got the draft i'm like no i think you should try to win every single game and i think that sets a culture and i think the orlando magic have a bunch of competitors they have a bunch of people that are playing hard every night um and I, i just i don't see that i don't see the good in it but like you said it's not like a there's ways to do it there's ways about it but um
1: yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's always different ways to do things, but I would say, like, the best organizations, like the Heat and the Spurs, I mean, they don't tank. So, um, that kind of shows you where great organizations, where their mindset is, you know?
0: Exactly. Combo, before we get into the rest of the league, you know, and I, you could, we could debate on and on, um, anything about Orlando, Orlando Magic basketball we need to touch on?
1: Um, just continuing to, you know, see Franz, uh, progression. We saw him rise up in the, you know, the rookie ladder. He was number one, as you know, I would probably have Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley as rookie of the year, but he's climbing up and it's gonna be great to see his progression. I'm just so happy to watch him play for these Orlando magic and obviously Cole doing his thing. And as I said, Wendell Carter, Jr. Man, I think that's the guy they can move forward with and be like that connecting piece at the four. Just I like to, that. Like, put everything in above.
0: I agree, combo. I agree, and also we got to see,
1: We want to see um, you know, Fultz and Isaac come back. So let's be on the lookout for that. I think, I think uh, Fultz is actually doing like pickup and playing a lot. So I, from what I understand, I think he'll be back soon.
0: Which is going to be a dynamic backcourt. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, I he was my he's my favorite player to cover uh, for the Orlando Magic. For one, he's a Crazy. get it guy. He's a great culture guy, great person. But one through five, defensively, he switch. he's long, he's lengthy, run in transition, his shot was developing, um, it's just obviously you, you hate to see injuries, but I think once he comes back, he's exactly the type of guy you need on the wing, we know his value that he provides, and just being, eight, like, you have such a stacked backcourt, adding Jonathan Isaac back into the piece is just, like, almost that missing piece of
1: the puzzle. Yes, yes, I mean... He, he'll come in. I mean, he he's their best player. I mean, you could make it. You could make an argument for Cole, and maybe you could make an argument for for Franz. But I mean, he's their centerpiece, so they need him back. We'll see how he comes back. And um, I was really high on him for a long time. I thought he was an underrated player for a long time. He had an unfortunate injury, but it's going to be great to see him back.
0: I loved watching him and Dwayne Bacon play at FSU. That was I loved watching them play. Um, yeah, they were good. Okay, Combo, it's time to talk about the league, and let's just talk about it. Clay Thompson making his return after two years. I'm just excited to watch Clay Thompson play basketball. Um, the Warriors, we know how good they've been without him. This year has been a surprise on how good they are. Uh, what do you expect from Clay Thompson individually, and what do you expect from Clay Thompson? Uh, what, what he means to the team as far as how much does he elevate their level of play?
1: 11 points, five rebounds, two assists.
0: First game back? Out.
1: Yeah. He's going uh... <laughs> to he's gonna come out strong. I mean, this guy's been working on his game. He's going to play limited minutes. He'll probably play around 20. He'll play in sports of five minutes probably. He'll uh, make a few threes. Everybody will be happy. And we'll see him get better throughout the season. You know, I'm coming off an ACL injury, and it's not easy. It takes a little bit of time. So it might not be the Klay Thompson that we all know but he will get back to that eventually and it's going to be interesting to see how they implement him he's going to start from what i understand but uh play some unlimited minutes i'm going to go 14 3 and 3 okay we'll see they're not even going to believe us that we recorded this before <laughs> but we did, but we but we did
0: i swear i love guessing like random stat lines that's like one of my hidden talents combo but okay but will he be can he ever become the defender he used to be because i'm not worried about the jump shot like i know he'll always be able to shoot the ball i know he knows how to play off the ball i know his iq is still there i I know he knows the system i'm not worried about that i'm just can he still be the defender he once was because that's truly what made clay unique we know his shooting is unreal but the fact that he was such a great two-way player and they relied a lot on that uh for clay to be able to play that type of defense do you think we see that maybe not 100 percent clay thompson but do you still think he'll be be an elite defender once he kind of finds his groove and his rhythm?
1: Yeah, because q wise, he's going to be back right from the beginning. You know, like he's such he's a smart defender more than like some crazy athletic defender. Like, like he's not he's not the athlete that like Tybalt is as a defender, right? He's more like like obviously he can move his feet, but he was actually a little bit overrated when it comes to guarding smaller guards. Like he couldn't always keep them in front. So. um but yeah, he's going to be fine, man. And also, he has Draymond with him. So, you know, Draymond cleans up a lot of mistakes. I think he'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I- I'm excited to see how much better they become. You know, because I think they got so used to the system without him. Obviously, it's a plus to have him. But is this, like, they're what, first, second seed in the West? Does Clay becoming Clay again, does that just put them head and shoulders over, like, Phoenix, for example, who's the two seed?
1: Well I think well first of all Steph has been in a little slump so hopefully he can get out of that. I think that depends a lot like that's everything right there like can Steph get out of this slump even though I think he will. But um yeah if Clay gets back to even 90% of what he was I think they could you know beat the Suns in a series definitely.
0: Yeah and I think it'd be between the Lakers, Suns, Warriors coming out of the West. Um I heard that's been the- looking
1: tired Steph's been looking tired lately though uh, so We got to see how that goes. I mean, that's everything right there for them. You know, he's their engine. But
0: when he gets his Robin, you can't just guard this guy from half court anymore. You got a guy who can shoot just as good as him. He's going to be a lot. He's going to get much easier shots once Clay is back and running normally.
1: Yeah, the gimmicky defenses against Steph since Clay's been gone has been crazy.
0: Yeah, it's insane. They literally check him up from half court. You can't do that when you have the guy who shoots just as good as him on the wing.
1: I think, you know, Steph's patience is underrated because he always stays, like, you ever go to pick up and they double you? It's, like, kind of annoying. Like, can you guys just play basketball? Like, like if you go, if you play and then they double you and they lose, they don't care as long as you might have scored a little bit less, but they lost. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, and he, that's what I've always <laughs> been so impressed with Steph. His competitiveness, you never hear him frustrated with his teammates. Like, he's competitive. Like, he'll yell, he'll bark. He's That's what you want from your leader. But he never loses his poise where, I mean, you, people will say when he threw the mouthpiece, he's being a competitor. But like you said, on the court, it's like he's always able to stay even keel.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's tough because, like, when they're doubling you and you can't even touch the basketball because they got two people denying you, uh and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody turns their head for a second and you know Steph never stops moving. So Do you get double teamed every time you play
0: Combo? What? Do you get double teamed every time you play?
1: A lot Like pickup uh, When I was playing overseas I mean I was, I was in situations Yeah I was doubled, But even more now Like in, in, in pickup The annoying thing is When they like Deny you full court And you don't even have The basketball <laughs> That's how you what know You're you pissing doing? them off Or like they, Or they face guard you so, so, so they don't know What's going on On the other side of the court They're not playing Any kind of health defense They just don't want To see you succeed They don't know But yeah But those are Those are actually like the worst players you play against. The better players won't guard you like that. You know, like when you're playing pickup. No good players guard you like that in pickup for the most part, unless it's like point game. You know.
0: No, no disrespect to this player because he has value. But it sounds like you're playing against some Patrick Beverleys.
1: I guess Patrick Beverly does that, but Patrick Beverly understands team defense. You know, he does. You know, he is that. You know, he's not just. He, <laughs> I mean, when you got KV, <laughs> I mean, it, it makes a little bit of sense to try and do things like that. But you know. The
0: the other thing I wanted to throw at you, Combo, is the guy, the man is back. The man, the myth, the legend, you say is the most skilled basketball player of all time. I say Steph Curry. You say uh, tomato, tomato. You say this individual. What are your thoughts on number 11 in Brooklyn uh, coming back and playing once again?
1: Are we going to do that again? You know Kyrie's the most skillful player in the history.
0: Why am I always having to defend Steph against you? I don't know what
1: it is. It's, Steph is great Steph's a better shooter And he, actually Kyrie's An underrated shooter By the way Steph's he a better 50, shooter not, He he's was 50 a, 40 last year
0: He's a better passer Okay Kyrie has better handles But it's not like By a wide margin He's just more flashy With it
1: He has more moves At a patent level He has more options
0: I'm gonna take the guy Who's uh, Breaking no, all the no, records and winning rings. Steph's a better
1: player Because that shooting Puts him over the t- He's the greatest shooter ever um, But yeah Just pure skill level like the amount of nuance in his game, it's crazy. You could watch a Kyrie Irving highlight video for 20 minutes of just finishing, and you might not see the same finish twice. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I love
0: his game. I love it. I mean, I think he's the, maybe the second. I just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Steph. I really am. But my point is he's back. And so you he's can back. say what you want about James Harden finding his rhythm. You have James Harden, KD, Kyrie on the same court. Do you? it's obviously deadly. They should be the favorites to come out if they're all clicking. But the fact that Harden really hasn't been Harden, does that make them a little bit vulnerable? Like, when you first saw this lineup and you're like, wow, you're, you're thinking of the James Harden that was in Houston. You think of the KD that just left Golden State. And then obviously we know how skilled Kyrie is. But now that we've kind of seen James Harden as of late not be as dominant as he once was, does this make it seem as stacked as it once was?
1: I mean, I don't know if it's as stacked as it once was, but it definitely makes them the best offense in the league. So I think if those three stay healthy, obviously the part-time thing in the playoffs could be an issue. But I don't think it's going to be an issue of chemistry when they're actually all three on the floor. So I don't see a lot of teams able to beat that team in a seven-game series, uh, me personally. so And Harden's been better lately. Harden's starting to work his way back into shape, and I think the numbers are getting better, and I think he's playing better. So... We'll see
0: what happens. Right. Combo, we're about to shift to our moment of the week. I went first last week, I believe.
1: You went first?
0: I believe I did. Did you? I'm trying to remember what my moment of the week
1: was. Well, well mine last week was Antonio Brown.
0: <laughs> I think mine was something with LeBron.
1: What did LeBron do?
0: Just being great in year 19, probably. Um, Okay, I mean, if you want me to go first, I can go first. Go first. Well, that being said, we just talked about it. There was a moment that Kyrie Irving hugged his father when he got off the court. And that's my moment of the week. I don't mean to get too sentimental here, but I just try to put myself in his shoes obviously i'm not an nba superstar making hundreds of millions of dollars and uh have the whole world hating hating on me for not playing so i'm not gonna act like i can relate to him in that aspect but i can only imagine what that was like whether you agree or disagree with what he did um i think everyone has had an opinion on a podcast on a sports show espn fox sports everyone's had something to say about Kyrie irving And I've seen a lot of film on him and a lot of like his story and his background. And I know how close he is with his father. And I just feel like that moment was so special because after everything that happened and everyone having an opinion and saying he should or shouldn't do this. Just being able to play the game he loves and then step off the court and have it like his father and him hugging. That was my moment of the week. Like that was just a special moment. Like I said, I'm not saying you have to agree or disagree with what he's doing. Uh, but the fact that they embraced each other like that, and you could just tell how happy he was to play basketball again, uh, I thought that was special.
1: Okay. Okay. My moment of the week is Clay Thompson coming back tonight.
0: But it hasn't happened yeah, yet, yeah. Combo. Nah,
1: it's still the moment of the week. Though.
0: Come on, man. <laughs> I like that. I like <laughs> that, though. I can't argue. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> nah, it should be fun, man. It should be fun.
0: Another great episode in the books, Combo.
1: Yes, sir. Always, man. We need your famous outro. Well, you can find Max on Instagram at Max underscore Van underscore. That's M-A-X underscore V-A-N underscore A-U-K-E-N. Max, let them know where they could find you on Twitter. I think I left that out last time, and then I'll get back to me. Okay. You can
0: find me on Twitter, that blue app at, at Max, M-A-X underscore V-A-N underscore
1: A-U-K-E-N. Um, e n, ju- Max. I could have just Max. I could have just said the same as Instagram. I didn't know the exact same. Oh uh, well, That's I mean, I don't man. know. You
0: just threw me the alley oop, and I'll, I'm never going to deny the alley oop. And I have a new profile picture. Shout out to uh, Trav with the graphic art. He is incredible. So I've I've rebranded a lot of different things, combo. So shout out to Trav.
1: Shout out to Trav, and shout out to the MVP podcast. You can catch it wherever you listen to the podcast That's the MVP. By Max Van Alkken, You could find uh, Combo's Court wherever you listen to podcasts. That's the Um uh, Twitter, same thing. Combo's Court. You can find me on Instagram at 12Combo. That's ONETWO YouTube Combo TV. Uh, you can catch me on the Believe Network with Max Van Alkken, the Believe in Magic Podcast.
0: Combo, ladies and gentlemen, please punch down and subscribe. And until next time, peace.
1: Later.